This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. Welcome to the show. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Good to be back. Uh, just me today. Uh, Jim is away. A little bit of phone tag. I think he's avoiding me. I have no reason to think he's avoiding me. Um, but speculation suggests that he's avoiding me. So, really great from your partner. Supposed partner. This just hot off the press. We got lots to get to today. Um, Aaron Portsline is going to be joining us from Columbus. He's a, a beat writer there uh, with The Athletic. Uh, he'll give us the whole timeline of the story around Mike Babcock, what's going to be coming up next. Of course, Pascal Vincent, uh, former head coach of the Manitoba Moose, former assistant coach of the Winnipeg Jets, has been named the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets after uh, the resignation of Mike Babcock. Five Manitobans have been named uh, as draftees uh, in the PWHL. We go talk about that as well as a special announcement coming to FanFest. Ooh, we'll tease that. We'll talk about that coming up after 1245. But as I just said, this right off the press, the Winnipeg Jets are announced their 2023-2024 broadcast schedule. And lo and behold, every Jets game, both preseason and regular season, are going to be broadcast on the radio. On Global News Radio 680 CJOB, also simulcast on FM on Power 97. CJOB will announce their broadcasting team for the 2023-2024 season later this month. That sounds ominous. Jamie, are you going to be on that? Uh, you're going to be on that broadcast team, aren't you? I, I would hope so. Uh, no, that's, uh, <laughs> just, I, I, I didn't get that far in the article. I'm like, whoa, broadcast team later this month? Jamie Maybe they're announcing us. Just in case you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamie Thomas. Them, but this yeah, is what they look like. Yeah. Jets radio color analyst, Jamie Thomas, uh, joining us now. And he was uh, down in Penticton as well. I also want to get the the rosters team, Solani team, uh, Newman in our, were the, the two groups. Uh, separate groups that are going to be practicing at Hockey All uh, for All Center when things get going, uh, formerly known as the Iceplex, when things get going uh, on Thursday. So there's going to be a morning group, uh, which is going to alternate. Uh, it's going to start off, uh, I believe, uh, with uh, Team Newman in starting at 10 a.m. and then Team Solani at 1 p.m. Uh, coming up on Thursday. I'll, I'll tell you who's in each group. And I, I don't know. I got some thoughts in there. It's probably pure. This is just, uh, you know, spitball in here and stuff like that. But uh you know, uh, Jamie, just my first question here. Uh, the Jets going uh, one for two over the three games at the Young Stars Classic, be able to beat the Canucks uh, in a shootout uh, while losing to uh, the Flames and the Oilers. Um, obviously, big time to panic here, right? I mean, that's it. It's over. <laughs> Listen, I could not believe the stuff that goes on social media at a, at a rookie tournament. That's like, just, <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is just, 
unbelievable mm. that people get so upset about something like this. Well, it, just, all you it, need, it, it, all you need to do, Jamie, is watch those three games at a rookie tournament in Penticton to know who's going to be a who's going to be a boom and who's going to be a bust. That's it. It's done. Uh, it, it's like you have to understand many things with the rookie tournament. Some teams have a lot of players that are have American Hockey League experience. So while it doesn't sound like a lot, it is a lot. They've played professional hockey. Winnipeg has a bunch of guys that are just their their first foray into professional hockey. So it's just it's an adaptation. Nikita Chipperkov, for an example, played in Russia, has not played North American hockey uh, at, at that level yet. So there's that, as he said, there's an adaptation to that. Colby Barlow, his whole life, or his like, last two years, major junior hockey, he's 19 years, he's like 19 years old. He's the youngest kid on the team. There's going to be an adaptation to the game. So I get it. I love the passion that people show, but there's got to be like a real, real, like reality check here at some point. It's, it's just, they're getting to learn the system. Mm-hmm. They don't know the power play system yet. So they've just been thrown together and go, okay, here you go. Go on the power play. It just doesn't work that way. And the last two games you saw specifically in the third period against Vancouver on Sunday afternoon and then Calgary yesterday uh, in the morning, which was the most bizarre thing ever. Anyways, another story, another time. But they just they, they moved the, the, that all that skill that they have showed up, right? You just like you've had some time together, you practice a little bit more, you're starting to get comfortable with each other, you're starting to understand the system, the other teams are running. Okay, so then it looks a little bit better, right? And then on top of you know, in the third period of yesterday's game, it's like their, their, their third game in four days. They traveled nine hours on Thursday just to get to Penticton, and they play at four o'clock on Friday. They had they practice on Saturday. They played at two a two p.m. on on Sunday, and then they played at ten a.m. yesterday. So it's just all over the place. So it's just you know you you would all you have to understand the scheduling is not in their favor. It's just a time for these guys to get together and start to learn the system and get to know one another because you know eventually some of these guys are going to be in the National Hockey League with the Winnipeg Jets, right? And it's just so you know I I liked what I saw over the last two games in particular. And this is what everybody should be excited about is that Dominic DiVincentis and Thomas Millish did not look uncomfortable at all. They were brilliant all weekend long. And they, they shared the goaltending duties in the uh, last game against Calgary. It was DiVincentis on Friday. It was Thomas Millich uh, on Sunday. who got a 3-2 shootout win. His billets and, from Seattle drove all the way up there to watch that game. We met them. We met his parents outside of uh, the South Okanagan Event Center afterwards. That's the cool stuff. The BC kids have a lot of their parents and family and girlfriends coming and were in attendance, right? So that yeah. stuff is kind of that's that's what it is, and it's just their first taste of what pro hockey is going to be like. And I think it, it's a fantastic event. Uh, you know, you, I saw that you see the Sedins there; they're part of the development part of the Vancouver Canucks. You saw Craig Conroy, the new, new general manager of the Calgary Flames. But overall, I think it's just a successful event. And you start, you know, you saw Colby Barlow score a, a really nice goal on a shootout. Had a power play goal. So there's just lots of good things to come from it. So everybody just relax. <laughs> Training camp coming. It's so exciting. I feel like I have this conversation with you every year. But that's well, that's what, it is what it is. <laughs> you got my you stole my line because <laughs> yeah. I was just I was writing down the time. It's September nineteenth, twenty. Uh, at twelve seventeen, and know. I'm just writing the time down because I'm going to see how well this correlates with us having this exact same conversation it's next year. Groundhog, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> it yeah. is Groundhog Day every year this time of year. It's a rookie tournament. Yeah, 
relax. Uh, Solomonson, is he a dark horse? Uh, you know, he's like, he was, he almost scored in the first game when the power play hit a post, and then I thought he was really solid. He was paired with Simon Lundmark yesterday because Tyrell Bauer did not play in the game. Um, I, as the weekend went along, he looked a lot more confident. You see the puck movement abilities. He's, he always has his head up. He wasn't out of position. He battles in front of the net. So I think not so much a dark horse, but I think he's, he, his development is, is on track. Um, I just don't see, uh, the, you know, any situation where he's here this year because of the, of the log jam of defensemen through the system anyways, right now, and both the, NHL and American Hockey League level, which is always a great thing too, right? So it's a great problem to have. But it, it, like this is the first time we've all seen him. He looked great to me. I think he had a great, you know, last two games, just like the majority of the other players uh, against uh, Vancouver and Calgary in the last two days of the tournament. Um, looking ahead to the camp groupings, and I was looking at this yeah. today, Jamie. And it just yeah. got my mind working a little bit because, you know, in the, in the, in the deep part of the summer where we're just, we're grasping, um, this you need something, you need a story. I needed something. I needed yeah. something. And this is, yeah. this is interesting about the, the camp groupings. Now it just got my mind working a little bit because I saw in, on group Solani, I was sort of under the impression that perhaps there would be a move towards Shifley, Connor and Ehlers, perhaps on the top line. I was interested to see Ehlers on uh, on. Oh wait, sorry, Shifley, Connor, and uh, Velarde are on Team Newmanin, while Ehlers is on Team uh, Team Solani. I was interested to see that 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 wasn't and Velarde was with Shif, paired with Shifley and Connor. And I'm wondering, is mm-hmm. that maybe where the coaching staff is sort of leaning as to sort of Shifley, Connor, and Velarde? Because you know Velarde had a fantastic year defensively yeah. one of the best in the league like top 20 in terms of some of the d- defensive analytics is there sort of the idea to put them on a line with Shifley and Connor to sort of make up for you know some of the maybe the uh, the you know in for saying it very nicely the you know sort of the um, uh, sort of the struggles that there have been in the past with defense with mm-hmm. those two yeah I, I think so and you're you're you're, you're gonna want to get a look at everybody here yeah. and, you know we we've Cole Perfetti has to be given a shot or will be given a shot to play center uh, during camp here. Mm. Uh, however, that all shakes out, it remains to be seen, right? But I think you, you, you know, you're maybe you're looking at Iafalo, Ehlers, and Perfetti. You know, there's multiple options, but keep in mind, Nita Rider could find his way yeah. in there. You know, you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah Nita Rider's a, a fantastic option. So, like this. We're, there's a lot of bodies, so I, I, it's very hard to sit there and look at it and go, okay, this is what I'm looking at right now. It's just like we, they have to get a good look at everybody. The, the, the lineup's probably 95% penciled in unless there's something you know, dramatic happening over camp and, and, and the preseason. So, um, you know, there's, I mean, clearly at some point during the season, we're probably going to see Ehlers, Connor, and Shifley together. Um, but yeah. maybe it's just best to see how that all plays out. But I, I think Nito Nita Ryder deserves certainly a shot in the top six. Alex Iafalo, if people don't recall, when he was in Los Angeles and Andre Kopitar had his hard trophy winning season, Alex Iafalo was his left winger for the majority of that season. So he has that ability um, to play in the top six as well. So it's just the the key here is what that trade with for Pio Dubois has given them is a lot of options and movable pieces and Blake Wheeler moving on 
to New York after we have his contract mm-hmm. bought out. There are multiple options and pieces to move around where you're not just stapled into certain ways, right? So it's just, um, you know, Blake Wheeler commands the top six presence, right? He's, he's going to be on your power play. Well, that option is gone now. Now you have multiple pieces to put in amongst uh, in, in the lineup. And I think that's a great thing for the coaching staff to have. We're going to see multiple looks during the preseason. I'm sure Rick Bonus will have some explanations of how these groups shake out when he has his availability uh, sooner rather than later. But, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see where the, the, you know, the guy, the NHL guys are going to see, but I'm really trying to watch the younger players to see how quickly they, you know, move on from the rookie camp and see if they can get quickly uh, acclimated into playing with the big boys as well and see if they can stand out a little bit. But, um, you know, there's, there's lots of little stories to keep an eye on as camp gets underway on Thursday. Lots of fun, lots of stuff uh, going to go on later this week. And, of course, hey, uh, I'm going to be down there on Friday for camp, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we got a couple mm-hmm. players I'll announce later on, uh, you know, maybe later I'm this on week. On the show? Uh, well, I haven't, I haven't booked that yet. I was talking to your agent about it. You're just yeah. your ten thousand dollar asking price is just a little bit too high. So Well, you want players on Friday when everybody's kind of excited, right? So <laughs> Oh, I didn't know you were in charge of that too. <laughs> well maybe you are worth ten K. I don't know. Uh Jamie Tom oh, well. <laughs> I hope I hope I am. Uh Jets Radio Color Analyst here on six eighty CGOB, Jamie Thomas. Jamie, thanks so much. You take care, okay? Buddy, thanks a lot, Cam. All right, let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Uh, five Manitobans drafted into the PWHL. I'll tell you who those players are as uh, that league is getting closer and closer to uh, kicking things off. Uh, Aaron Portsline, he's the Columbus Blue Jackets writer with The Athletic. He's going to give the latest on the situation surrounding Mike Babcock. And some of the, you know, it was it was sort of refreshing, a um, press conference held by the Columbus Blue Jackets team uh, with some words that, you know, not in situations like that, you don't necessarily hear. And we'll, we'll, we'll hear that when we come back. And again, a special announcement, an unveiling at the Winnipeg Jets Fan Fest coming up on Saturday. I will tease what that could be when we get back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. One of these guys is calling in sick over the next couple of days to play golf. It's Jets at noon. Is that an accusation? I mean, I would. <laughs> Listen, but I, I said don't, it, so now I can't. Don't give away your secrets on air. That's I thought I, if I told you, if I taught you one thing in life, and I don't think I've taught you anything, but if hey, I taught, taught you a couple things, not really. What not to do, man. What not to do, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be like that idiot. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays, just when they're out, they pull me back in. Eight wins, the magic number. They go eight and four. It doesn't matter yeah. what the Mariners, Astros, or Rangers do. They will play in the postseason. And the Chicago Cubs cannot beat the Arizona Diamondbacks oh, yeah. to save their lives. Eight and Two and eight over the last ten games. Uh, still holding on to a wild card spot, but they've been struggling. So. Yeah, Cubbies are tough, and the Blue Jays played a team that had really whooped them all season in the Red Sox, their final yeah. series of the year, and, and 
I don't think they deserve to win two of the three games they played, but they did get the sweep. So hey, hey, that's how it works. A lot man. better than it seemed, uh, you know, at the outset of the weekend after four straight L's to the Rangers. You oh. got with twelve with twelve. I know. I'm happy you weren't around, or uh, at least we hadn't run into each other. Because I wouldn't have said any. I'm not like that. I'm yeah, not like I'm, that. I'm leaving it alone with the Cubbies for you I, too. We'll I, see, you know, let I them handle need, their business. I don't need to go and harass you. Okay, they're gonna the Cubbies if they make the playoffs. Well, it's 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 bad if they don't make it. I'll just say that they were holding on to a spot, yeah. even regardless of where the roster is and where they're coming and guys that are showing up, which they're they're seeing an influx of some of their uh their you know their minor league guys coming up into the fold right now. But yeah, that's exciting, doesn't matter, right? Yeah, but you got to make the playoffs. Yeah, well, right. the you know what the Jays have all of a sudden relied on Davis Schneider. He. He's like the the gear that turns the the crank here for the Toronto Blue Jays. I didn't even know who this guy was three months ago. So now you know. Now you know. Anyway, <laughs> hopefully thanks. all of New York will know after this week. Too. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Skyler. Uh, it's twelve thirty five. We got it wrong, and that's on us. I can promise you, we will learn from this moving forward. I also understand the criticism that we are getting. It is deserved. That was the Columbus Blue Jacks president of Hockey Ops, John Davidson. Of course, uh, Mike Babcock, now former head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, resigned over the weekend, uh, accused of inappropriate workplace conduct, uh, initially by podcast host Paul Bissonnette. Uh, um, it, it's materialized eventually into uh, an investigation, um, despite Babcock, as well as Boone Jenner, the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets at the time, uh, calling uh, the accusations by Paul Bissonnette uh, from Spit and Chicklets, calling it mischaracterization. Uh, things really got into high gear when Sportsnet's uh, Elliot Friedman reported things changing on Wednesday night when the NHLPA received information that some of the younger Blue Jackets players were uncomfortable with their interactions with Babcock. Um, this was interesting, too. This came out. GM Yarmo Kekalainen uh, of the Columbus Blue Jackets said Mike Babcock also did the phone thing with him. As well. He said, personally, I had no problem with it, but I can see how it might put someone in an uncomfortable situation. Now, Columbus Blue Jackets writer and reporter with The Athletic, Aaron Portsline, joins the show. Aaron, how are you doing? Yeah, good, Cam. How has all of this unfolded? I've been following you on Twitter. You've been reporting on this from the beginning. Um, maybe, I, I think it's a really well-known story right now within the hockey world, but maybe kind of tee up how you became aware of this story and, and sort of how it's unfolded in front of you. Yeah, well, we all learned of the the allegations uh, that Mike Babcock had uh, perused uh, players' cell phone pictures uh, from Paul Bissonnette on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Um, I I didn't, I wasn't listening to the podcast immediately when it was out, but a a clip was shared on Twitter that said Mike Babcock is up to his old tricks again, or something to that effect. So I watched that, and and my mouth, my jaws, and I, I. reached out immediately to the Blue Jackets, you know, what do you, what do you hear about this? Are you aware of this? Um, anyway, so, so that was on Tuesday, last Tuesday. And just the events of that day, the NHLPA uh, contacted uh, Blue Jackets players, veteran players. Um, they contacted the Blue Jackets, obviously. The NHL talked to people. And it, it felt to many that the story, it was portrayed by the Blue Jackets and, and even the PA and the league is, a story that was maybe being misconstrued, that it was an innocent interaction, uh, not an invasion of privacy. And then once once I think they, they hoped that it was going to sort of die down and go to bed at that point, some other players reached out and made it clear that that was not their experience. So the PA came to town. That's really the moment where I, I think this story started to 
as we say in the business, get legs. Um, you know that you could be you could be sure this wasn't just a one day story. The PA came to town to talk to to players in the Blue Jackets and had a very intense, a very open heart to heart meeting, and then reported back to the NHL. And then at this point, the Blue Jackets are up in Traverse City at the Prospects Tournament, and the NHL and the NHLPA in a joint phone call to the president of hockey operations, John Davidson, call. Uh, they, they call him. He steps out of a, a dinner and goes to take the, the call in his uh, rental car up in Traverse City to be to, for privacy and is absolutely floored by, by what they tell him and realizes immediately that, that something has to be done, uh, that Mike Babcock can't continue on as coach of the Blue Jackets. So uh, either later that night or, or the following morning, I'm not sure of that yet, Mike Babcock is, has a conversation with the Blue Jackets where he – if he didn't, mm-hmm. the, the tournament in Traverse City and the Blue Jackets know they've got a mess on their hands, and, and it, that's kind of where we are today. The players who spoke initially, they say and they insist that they were not trying to just put this story to bed, that they spoke about their interaction with Mike Babcock. They were as surprised as anybody when this started to take a turn uh, midweek to the other direction. Paul Bissonnette, to his credit, stood by his story and yeah, obviously was right. And, and deserves credit for all of this. It seems like that there was players that had different experiences in the, in, in this situation. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and the, quest, the question there is, did, were they, did Mike Babcock treat veteran players differently? Did mm-hmm. he, what, you know, it was portrayed as, give me your phone, I want to see what kind of person you are. And that was not how the interaction went with veteran players. If I can distill this, if bullies know who they can bully, right? Yeah. And an 18-year-old is in a far different situation, an 18, 19, even a 20-year-old, a young guy trying to make a team is in a far different position, uh, you know, in a, in a conversation with a veteran coach, 700 wins, a Stanley Cup, a huge reputation. You know, they may not feel nearly as empowered to, to say no or to push back uh, as a player as you would expect Johnny Gaudreau or Boone Jenner. Uh, or, you know, Zach Wierenski to go on here. Uh, that conversation could be very different for a veteran player. And, and to, the, to the, or the organization's credit as well, Aaron, um, I'm not sure there's many times that I've, I've listened to a press conference uh, where the, the president of hockey operations and the general manager say that they were wrong so many times. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, they needed to do that. They, yeah. they, they clearly have had conversations with ownership here and if you understand how ownership in columbus works it might be the most hands-off i don't say this as a criticism it's kind of what you'll want for a pro sports team it mm-hmm. might be the most hands-off ownership in, in all of pro sports they hire hockey people they step back they say tell us what you need and they have overwhelmingly provided all of those things that they that a, a, the gm says that they need well when they have to get involved when when things like this come to the fore and it requires ownership to step forward. They're not very happy about that. And you could see that in their statement yesterday. It was a fairly ominous statement. It wasn't made point blank that these guys are, uh, you know, have shorter leashes now. But it was made pretty clear that if there aren't results this season, uh, they'll be viewed in a much different way than they are right now. Where does this put the team? I mean, Winnipeg Jets fans know Pascal Vincent very well, an assistant coach, the head coach of the Manitoba Moose here in Winnipeg as well. Uh, but where do you see this kind of sending the team? 
Yeah, well, one of the questions that was asked to all of the players and, and everybody yesterday was, you know, does this how this really has the opportunity to fracture a room? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've got you've got players who certainly at the early part of the week saw this as a much different situation. Some players thought it was not a big deal. Some people, some players, obviously were really uncomfortable with it. Um, and I think the Blue Jackets have been very careful here, and wisely so, to not get into details about which player had which interaction with with Mike Babcock, because you do that, and suddenly, in, in, at least with uh, some people, uh, some observers to the story, they'll put the coaches being fired on that player specifically. So the young players have been really shielded here. They were not made available to the media yesterday. I can't imagine they're going to ask or answer many questions going forward. Uh, but the players insist that now that everything is out in the open, now that the veteran players have had a chance to hear from some of the younger players and what they went through, that this team is united together, all on the same page. And we've seen this before where, where there is you know, a, a real heart-rending situation. It's obviously difficult to go through. Nobody wants to do it. But on the other side of that, you can see people in a, in a different light, and the team can actually be galvanized by that. Also, a strange point, Pascal Vincent passed over twice for the job here in Columbus. And I get it, was not deemed to be the, the right kind of, of uh, person coach. They didn't want a first-year coach this time. They felt they needed a veteran voice. I understand that thinking. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with it, honestly. But uh, yeah. Yeah. if I was in their position, I'd make the same decision, yeah. But this great disruption now, I think, recall, uh, calls for a very um, a, a great communicator, mm-hmm. a player that the people uh, that the coaches really respect, a coach that the players really respect. Sorry, and he may now be because of these events. Strangely enough, the perfect guy for the job. He's got a ton of respect across the league, and I think the players in the room respect him as well. So we'll see where it goes from here. Aaron Portsline, he is a writer with The Athletic uh, covering the Columbus Blue Jackets. Aaron, I know you've been super busy, but I really appreciate you finding a couple minutes for me here. You take care, okay? Yeah, well, thanks for for having me on. I appreciate it. A great conversation there, again, with uh, Aaron Portsline with The Athletic. No, I I think sort of the the silver lining to the entire situation is, you know, Pascal Vincent uh, getting a job there, of course, was – a wonderful coach here with uh, the True North Sports Entertainment within the organization, uh, head coach of the Moose, assistant coach with 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 um, with the Winnipeg Jets. Took an associate coach job uh, to head off to 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 Columbus, and then he's uh, you know been passed over the job twice now, as as Aaron pointed out there, um, and finally um, uh, you know getting his opportunity. Now the thing is, I only was able to speak to him I think once. Uh, Pascal Vincent, but he was such a a, a kind and uh, intelligent and smart man, um, and was just gave very genuine answers um, to to the questions, and, and was just very open and, and forthright. So, uh, you know, that's sort of the 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 nice part about the the whole entire situation. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Here's a, a story here: five Manitobans uh, were selected. Uh, for the Professional Women's Hockey League. Uh, and one of them went real quick here. Uh, Jocelyn LaRock of St. Anne, Manitoba, went in the first round second overall, which was followed by Ashton Bell from Deloraine, 
The Rock was taken by uh, Toronto. All these teams uh, yet to be given nicknames. Ashton Bell, defenseman from Deloraine, was uh, taken in the second round and went eighth overall. In the third round, 14th overall, goaltender Kristen Campbell from Brandon went to Toronto. In the fifth round, 30th overall, defenseman Katie Tabin uh, from Winnipeg was drafted by Montreal. And then in the sixth round, 33rd overall, uh, goaltender Kareen Schroeder of Elm Creek, uh, Manitoba, was taken uh, by New York. So congratulations to all five of those players. Let's take a break. On the other side, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Text the line. Uh, some little something to announce here. A special, well, I'm not even going to say it. You're going to have to stick around. Don't go anywhere. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. I got a couple text messages. This one from Jamie. He says, Babcock resigned. Why is there uh, the latest coming up? Stop. Uh, why is there the latest coming up? Stop beating a dead horse. And then Tim texts the show. He says, uh, so Portsline, of course, we just had on the program, Aaron Portsline, who is the Columbus Blue Jackets writer for The Athletic uh, in Ohio. He says, so Portsline never heard nor read the NHLPA report, uh, but he's going to tell everyone Babcock was bullying a younger pl- uh, younger players. Poof. A speculation is not good reporting. Well, you know, Tim, and I, you know, perhaps a fair point. Um, whatever your opinion is about Mike Babcock and this entire situation, what is clear to me, at least, you know, I wasn't in the room when the the, the I don't know what tone the situation was when the phone was being asked. I would want to give somebody my phone to look through it, and I wouldn't want to do that. That's that's me personally. If you're fine with that, then you're fine with that. I think that's what this whole entire situation maybe stems from. Um, but uh, what I do, what I, what I when I look at this entire situation, and I try to think about it, which I with everything, that's what I try and do. You know, I, I I try to look at both sides and where it's coming from. And the one thing that just keeps sticking back with me is. No matter what you think of the Mike Babcock situation, did he deserve to be fired um, or whatever, or it's, about, it's overblown, wherever you stand on it, what to me is clear is the amount of players, staff, people that have such a hate on for this guy who is a brilliant hockey coach. I mean, multiple gold me- medals, uh, IHF, of course, World Hockey Championships, um, you know, the Olympics, a brilliant hockey coach. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's a winner. That's why Columbus hired him in the first place. But the thing to me is, is there are so many players, so many people that come forward that hate his guts, um, perhaps more than other coaches in the league. Uh, and, it, and it's a constant spur. When he, when he starts going down, people love to pile on him. And I think that's the thing that just sticks with me is, is like, why is that? Why do all these players that come out every time that something like this happens and there's, they just have a hate on for this guy, right? That's, that's kind of where I, that's where I sit on this. I ask myself that question, but 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. This is exciting. Let your speculation go abound. Jets at Noon listeners, 204-780-6868. A special jersey unveiling will take place at the Winnipeg Jets Fan Fest event at Hockey for All Center on Saturday, September 23rd. So that's really exciting. 
That's really exciting. So make sure you're there on FanFest. Get there early, 10 a.m. Team Newmanen's going to be out there, followed by Team Solani at 1. Uh, and then the special jersey unveiling. A special jersey unveiling will take place. What is the Winnipeg Jets going to unveil? I don't know. I don't know. What could it be? We're going to find out. Um, is it going to be Heritage Cla- new Heritage Classic jersey? Another uh, play on the sort of the 90s Jets logo? Is it going to be the Jets completely doing a 180 and doing something else? I have to wait and see. You're going to have to wait and see. I don't have any inside information. You might think that I do. I don't. I don't. I tell you. No, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Maybe I know something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I know something. No, I don't. Don't buy anything I'm selling you. 204-780-6868. Thanks so much for everybody for listening to the show. Thank you so much to Jeffrey Forche uh, for, for producing the program. Also uh, doing a great job. Thank you to Jamie. Thank you for Aaron for joining the show as well. And thank you to everybody who sent in a text message. You guys make the show better. And uh, yeah, always feel free to disagree with me. I'll, I'll try to get it on the air. I, I, I don't run away from that kind of stuff. Anyways, thanks so much for everybody for listening. I will be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.